0: Welcome to the New Story Church podcast. The message you're about to enjoy was delivered live at New Story Church in downtown Los Angeles. For more information, check out newstorychurch.com or visit us any Sunday at L.A. Trade Tech College. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and and still think there's something greater out there for me. I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is... Me, I thank God, it's gotta be more than this. I mean, this isn't... This can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it twenty 27 and what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew, (laughs) I wish I knew. Wow, pretty interesting, huh? Now, listen, I get it, all right? I have a little bit of self-awareness, I get that, watching anything with Tom Brady, especially after last week, may be a little too much too soon for some people in our midst, okay? I totally get it. But remember, Jesus says, love your enemies, okay? Love your enemies. But see, here's the deal, okay? Whether you're a Patriots fan or Tom Brady fan or not, okay, there's absolutely no denying Okay, you don't even have to be a sports fan, and you already know there is no denying the fact that after 19 years in the NFL, okay, six Super Bowl championships, uh, four uh, Super Bowl MVPs, three league MVPs, and, and breaking practically every single record there could possibly be, there's no denying whatsoever that Tom Brady is the GOAT. Okay, he is the greatest of all time. All right. Now I know, I know. Especially for those of you that really know a thing or two about football, you're probably thinking like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. What about Eli Manning? Yeah, I, right. I mean, this is the guy that beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl." Twice, okay? He's the only one. I know that's what you're thinking. You know what? I think that's a very smart observation. I agree with you, okay? But anyway, seriously though, seriously though, imagine, imagine this, okay? Imagine if you, whatever profession you're in, imagine if you were considered by the world the best at your job, the all time, not just like in your company or in your organization or in your hospital, in your, like in your industry, in your profession, the best of all time. Imagine if you were considered that, right? Just, just, just think about that. Uh, imagine having next level health and I'm going to say it, handsomeness. I mean, that is one handsome dude, okay? He's a handsome guy. He's actually gotten better looking, I think, with age, okay? So imagine being the best in your profession, having next-level health, having next-level handsomeness, okay? Imagine having everything that money could buy, okay? This is his little summer house, okay? Just imagine that, okay? And then on top of that, Imagine having a beautiful family and being married to a supermodel, okay? I thank God at least he gave me those last two things, okay? But anyways, all right? (laughs) Can you imagine, though, having all of those things? I mean, every single one of those things, yet still feeling empty. Can you imagine that? I mean, in Brady's own words, you just heard him say, you know, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I've reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me? I think, God, there's got to be more than this. And Steve Croft, the interviewer, asked him, what's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Well, friends, I want to welcome you to New Story Church, and my name is also Tom, definitely not Brady, but <laughs> okay, and today we're in the final installment of this Blind spot series where we have been examining the hazards of which we, we, you know, we all experience yet seldom expect, Yes, even the Tom Brady's of the world experience the kind of life hazards that we've been talking about. For instance, uh, over the last few weeks, we've covered the terrible trio, right, of cynicism compromise. Uh, Last week was disconnection. By the way, if you need to catch up on any of those messages or any of our messages that we've ever done, you can go to our podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can do that for free. Uh, And if you're so inclined, go ahead and leave a good word, uh, uh, an encouragement. That would be great. But in the meantime, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up this series today with the last, uh, and I think possibly the darkest Possibly the most dubious blind side yet. I'm talking about emptiness. Emptiness. Go ahead, you can jot this down. This is the definition we're gonna be working with. Uh, the kind of emptiness that we're talking about is the quality of lacking meaning, sincerity, or purpose. As you're jotting that down, see, emptiness is when you feel like you're going through life without any real substance. You know, you're just sort of like going through the motions. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's like you, you wake up and you go to school or you go to work and you pay the bills just barely. And then you go to sleep and then you wake up and you do it over and over and over again, day after day after day. In fact, if you're still taking notes, go ahead and jot this down as well. To live in emptiness is to live without purpose or passion. To live in emptiness is to live without purpose or passion. You know, author of Didn't See It Coming, Kerry Newhoff, whose book has been absolutely key for us, uh, wrote in his chapter on emptiness, this is what he wrote. He shares this. He goes, uh, most of us have this notion that once I get to a certain— tell me this isn't your life, right? Once I get to a certain place or achieve a certain thing, life will truly start. And then I'll finally be happy and whole. It just doesn't work out that way. You know, he continues in the book and he gives some examples of how it just doesn't work out that way. Like, like we think if we just get this or we accomplish this or we get to this point, we're going to be set. And, and, and then we'll be happy and then we'll be fulfilled. And he said, like, no, no, it doesn't work out that way. And he gives some examples. He says, You graduate but you find that there's still something inside you that says there has to be more you find the one right you know what i'm talking about the you found this person you found the one you get married and have kids and it's great but still what's that thing inside of you that says there must be more You land a job, and then a career, and then your dream position, but still, there's a quiet but real gnawing inside that says it's not all that you imagined it to be. You you pick different markers, time off, vacations, savings goals, retirement, but still, the high continues to be short-lived, end quote. See, friends, my question for you this morning is simply this. What is it inside of us? What is it inside of our hearts that still feels empty? No matter how much we have and all that we accomplish. What is is it inside of you? What is it inside of me that still craves more and more and more and more? You know, later in that same interview with Tom Brady, okay, who again, at that time, in 2005, at that time, he, quote-unquote, only had three, right, quote-unquote, only had three Super Bowl championships. As of last week, he's since doubled it, right? But at that time, he was asked, which of those championship rings that the majority of people never even get to touch, you have three, which of those championship rings is your favorite? And I thought what he said next blew my mind. It was so, what he said, his answer to that was so insightful because it actually exposes the blind spot of emptiness that we all have deep inside of us. Watch this carefully. Which of the rings do you like the best? What's Uh, your favorite ring? My favorite ring. We always said, and I said always, the next one. The next one's the best. Friends, do you see that? You see what he just said there? Do you see the blind spot of emptiness that I'm talking about? I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I know that it sounds really macho, right? I know that it sounds like, oh, like the true heart of a champion, the next one. Oh, the number one wasn't good enough. Number two wasn't good enough. Number three wasn't—four, five, six, they weren't good enough. Oh, what's your favorite one? The next one. I know that sounds like really macho, right? But let's just think about this for a second here. At what point is enough enough, right? At what point can we be totally honest with ourselves, And acknowledge, hey, you know what? There's something empty inside of me right now. There's like this cavity, there's this hole that I'm trying to fill in my life. And so I just keep chasing after this thing. And once I get that thing, once I capture that thing, once I've hunted it down, guess what I need to do? I can't enjoy that. I need to chase after the next thing. What is it inside of us that makes us do that? Always hunting, always self-medicating, always chasing. What's what's your favorite ring, Tom? Tom? Friends, what's your favorite toy? What's your favorite goal? What's your favorite accomplishment? What's your favorite milestone? What's your favorite car? What's your favorite house? The next one. The next one. The next one. Because I need more and more and more and more. And what I have right now just really isn't good enough. And so I feel empty. You know, the Bible talks about a man who actually had all the more you could possibly ask for, right? This person mentioned in the scriptures in the Old Testament had way more than Tom Brady. He had way more than anyone in this room has right now or ever will have. In fact, this person was literally, if you think about this, this is incredible. This is an incredible combination. Um, This person was the wealthiest person in all of the world at the time. And he was also the wisest person at the time and since. There has never been a person with more wisdom to walk this earth since this person. Right. Who am I talking about? Okay, some of you read your Bible. Solomon, yes, King Solomon, and there's this incredible passage in the Old Testament book of First Kings. I mean, just just imagine. God says this to Solomon, okay, in the early years, and just imagine, just imagine if God said this to you. Okay just imagine these are God the creator of the universe says these words to you because this is what he said to Solomon he said this he said I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or ever ever will have like you're it Like, it it doesn't get more wise than you, oh, I'm going to create wise people after you, don't get me wrong. But none of them are going to be as wise as you. You're the wisest. Verse 13, and I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. Sit down, Brady. Okay, you ain't got nothing on King Solomon, okay? That's for all the Rams fans. I had to give you something, okay? (laughs) Seriously, though, seriously, though, can you imagine this kind of wealth and wisdom? I mean, who could possibly ask for more, right? This is all the wealth in the world, and this is the most wisdom anyone is ever going to get. Yet do you know what King Solomon realized? Do you know what he realized at the end of the day? This is amazing. He realized that it's all meaningless. It's all emptiness. Vapor, vapor, it's like vapor. In fact, Solomon wrote an entire book about it in the Old Testament called Ecclesiastes, right? You can go ahead and read it on your own in in your own time, okay? But for now, let's just put it this way, okay? Let's just put it this way. This kind of sums it all up. There's actually a saying that we use, a colloquialism that we use today. We use it today Okay. Uh, whenever we want to describe a situation where, like, a person is foolishly going after a lost cause, right? We we say things like this. We say, "Oh, he or oh, 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 she. She's just chasing after the wind." Exactly. Solomon said that first. So, that's actually Solomon's words. The Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are what? Meaning, everything's meaningless. A chasing after the what? A cha- I have seen every—listen, I have all the wealth at my disposal. I am the wisest man in the room. Okay, on earth, okay? I've seen it all. I've done it all. I've been there. I've done that. There's nothing you can say or do that would wow me, okay? And you know what I conclude? It's all meaningless. It's all a chasing after the wind. It's all just emptiness. God bless you, everybody. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? (laughs) So hopeful, right? right? But seriously, so, 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 so now what, right? I mean, if a guy like Brady, if a guy like Tom Brady can be unsatisfied, <laughs> if a man like King Solomon says at the end of the day, everything is just meaningless, it's just the chasing after the wind, well then what kind of hope does that give me? How does that encourage you? When the Bradys of the world and the King Solomons of the world say, just, there's, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing. It's all emptiness. That's a great question. Before it gets too depressing, okay, I do want to say this. I, I like to think of it this way. You might want to jot this down as well. This, this also helps me. This is how I like to think of it. And that is, there's got to be more than just more. Does that make sense? There's got to be more than just more, right? There's got to be more to life than acquiring more things and, and, and having more experiences and, and more stuff. You see, this is why I love how Jesus keeps it so Real. He keeps it so real, and he simply asks this. He says this. He says, what good is it for someone to gain what? The whole world. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? In other words, friends, you need to think of it this way. You need to understand that you can have everything. But if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. You can have everything. But if you don't have Jesus, it doesn't amount to much. You know, I don't get in the habit of quoting French mathematicians, okay? Uh, But this one's such a classic, it's it's due, all right? Blaise Pascal put it this way. He said, there is a God-shaped vacuum In the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Blaise Pascal, the mathematician, the inventor, said that. You know, St. Augustine wrote, You have made us for yourselves, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. That's a nice selfie he took of himself there, okay? But our hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord. I love the way the Gospel of John, Jesus again very clearly spells it out. The quotes that you heard me just share from Pascal and Augustine are actually echoes from this verse that Jesus says Himself. Jesus said Jesus reminds his disciples he reminds those that follow him he says you know what you have an enemy and the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy conversely i came i have come that you may have what life the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy i have come to give you life and life abundantly. Some translations say life full. That is the opposite of empty. Are you experiencing emptiness now? You need to experience the fullness that only Christ can provide. You have an enemy and his job, his sole satisfaction, his sole delight is to steal, kill, and destroy every single blessing in your life. Yet Jesus has come to give you life and life abundant. He does not use emptiness language. Jesus brings abundance. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Turn to your neighbor and say abundantly. Jesus came to give life And to give life abundantly. Friends, when you truly have Jesus in your life, when you allow Him to step into your life, when you remove yourself from the seat of honor in your own life and allow Jesus to sit in that seat, for Him to be the pilot, then you will have life and life abundant. But until then, you are running on empty. Some of you unknowingly craving more and more and more and meaninglessly chasing after the wind, chasing after the next one and the next one and the next one. Listen to the way Jesus uh, puts it here. In the Gospel of Matthew, he says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Listen, I've come to give you life and life abundant. You have an enemy whose job is to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life abundant. So let me tell you something. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or your body, what you will wear. And then he says something so peculiar. He says, see over there, see how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. And I love this. Verse 29. Yet I tell you that not even who? Oh, we just, we just read about Solomon. That's, that's that wise guy, right? That real, wisest to ever live. That's that wealthiest king known to man. Yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Those that don't know my name. Those that don't follow me. Those that don't wish to know me. The pagans run after all of these things. Your heavenly father, he knows that you need them. And let, let, let's read this last verse together. Okay, let's read in one voice. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. D- don't worry about your life and what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear. Look over there. Those little flowers, that they did not spin or toil. Not even King Solomon in all of his splendor could clothe himself that way. I've got this. I've got this. Can you just trust me with this? I know that you, I know what you need. I've got this. Instead, what I'm asking you to do is to seek me first. That's how you'll find your fullness. If you go after those things by yourself, for yourself, emptiness. You come to me first, I'll give you fullness. Seek me first. Seek my kingdom first, my ways, my righteousness and all of these things, oh, it's easy. It's easy, man. I'll just give it to you. I'll just give it to you. I'll just give it to you. Friends, do you know what I love? I love that in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have some people right here in our midst with hearts seeking God first as they get baptized right here in our midst. That's going to happen in a couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be beautiful, right? Now, maybe, maybe, maybe some of you, sitting here right now, maybe that needs to be you, right? Maybe, maybe you need to say, you need to, you need to say, you know what, I need to take this step of obedience. If so, just let me know, let any of our pastors know after this service, that would be great. But you see, all these people, these are just normal people, not perfect people, not perfect people. These are all just normal people, like me and you, saying, you know what, yeah, I was empty, I was empty. That, that, I felt this emptiness inside of me, and I was chasing after these things, trying to fill this God-shaped hole in my heart with all sorts of things and relationships and people and materials, but nothing worked, nothing satisfied, nothing filled me up until Jesus. I cannot wait for that service. See, friends... I don't know where you are today. I don't know what has brought you here today. But emptiness is, I believe, I believe that emptiness is one of the primary tools, and I will even call it a gift, because God says that he, he works all things out for the good of those who love him, right, who've been called according to his purpose. I think emptiness can actually be a gift that God gives to those he calls to draw that person to himself. Does that make sense? You know, one of our pastors, I, I, I saw this, on the way in, I want to I share, one of, the, one of our pastors on staff uh, p- posted this uh, on social media, so I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it's, hey, it's fair game. If I see it on social media, that means it's fair game, so I'm not asking for your permission. Uh, but anyways, one of the pastors wrote this. He, he said, it was a feeling of emptiness that God used to bring me into a relationship with him. Uh, I had everything people told me would satisfy me. I had friends, achievements, and a comfortable life. Yet that didn't satisfy me. It was only after encountering God in a real way that I found true fulfillment. Friends, if you are, if you're feeling emptiness today, I want you to know that it's not a coincidence that you are here this morning. If you are feeling emptiness today, I want you to know that you have a loving God who loves you so much, he would strip away every dream of yours and every false desire of yours to bring you to a place of void, to bring you to a place of emptiness so that he himself could fill it up and give you eternal satisfaction. That's what God is doing. That is his heart for you. He doesn't want to fill you up. You know, athletes, they don't fill themselves up on junk food. They fill themselves up on on, on prime cuts, on organic stuff, okay? All the good things, all the best things. And that's what God wants to give you. He wants to take that junk food out of your hand and fill you up with himself. See, friends, once Jesus is first in your life, you stop chasing, you stop striving meaninglessly for more and more and more. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen? So friends, here's what I want to do. With that in mind and heart, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to invite the band to come on back up and lead us in a time of communion. I'm also going to ask some of our pastors and our leaders uh, to come forward as well to the communion table. Okay? And as they do that, I just want to remind you all that, you know what? Just like baptism, just like baptism, communion, the Lord's table, is a simple act of obedience that Jesus himself asks all who believe in him, all who follow him, all who say, yeah, you know what? I know that what the world provides is emptiness, but what you provide, Jesus, is fullness, okay? And this is what Jesus asks those who believe that to do to remember him by, right? To take a piece of bread that represents his flesh, to take a cup of wine that represents his blood given for us, and to remember him this way. So friends, Jesus, I want you to understand this, Jesus is the only answer to emptiness. But again, don't take my word for it. Jesus himself said this. So important. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Friends, Are you empty today? If you're empty today, come to Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. You partake in me, you're not going to hunger. You remember me, you're not going to thirst. Let's pray. Emily, Father, uh, we come to you right now, Lord, and I want to thank you for the gift of emptiness. I know it's so hard and painful. I know it's so hurtful. I know it's so, can feel so hollow. But Lord, I also believe in your word, which says that, Lord, all things, you do all things for the good of those who love you and who've been called according to your purpose. And Lord, by virtue of the fact that we have people sitting here right now, we want to acknowledge we didn't come here on our own. We didn't just come here because a friend invited us or a family member uh, dragged us here. Uh, That's what it feels like. That's what it seems like. But Lord, we understand that you are so much bigger than that. And you have somehow orchestrated this moment. You have somehow narrated this moment to draw all peoples to yourself to hear your word. And Lord, we pray that it's your voice, not mine, but your voice that everyone here has heard. And so, Lord, as we enter this time of communion, Lord, I just pray right now uh, that you would have those who believe in you to remember you and those who don't know you, may they witness what's going on around them next to them in front of them behind them and may you use this holy moment to stir their hearts why why am i chasing after things why am i going for the more and the more and the more and the next and the next when jesus himself has already given everything to me and i pray father that you would do a miraculous redeeming work in that person's heart this morning in Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by this message, we hope you'll share it with a friend and subscribe to our podcast. Or best of all, come visit us in person at our L.A. campus. For directions, service times, and more info, check out newstorychurch.com. Thanks again, and see you soon.